0: Let's everybody just thank them one more last time. Good job. So this weekend was about um, the main topic was living an undivided life, and uh, you know is um, a lot of scripture. And it was, it was crazy because the last couple of weeks I've been. Uh, listening to a sermon series, and then uh, I, I've been reading um, in Ephesians. And, you know, and then we come to D. Now, and it's about living an undivided life. Uh, and, and they talked about, you know, you heard uh, some of our leaders up here mention the word walk. I mean, we that's just a word that we say. It's almost like Christianese uh, because it's just, well, I'll, you know, my walk with the Lord and walking with Christ and my walk... Uh, with God, and that was uh, something that was, the, the, you know, a very major topic throughout this weekend, and as I started thinking about this, I, it, it was whenever I realized that it has just become something that we say, and, and it, it made me start thinking about, well, what does my walk look like, you know? You know, you got to think about the different walkers that there are. I know that whenever I came back from Indonesia uh, and... Uh, Hanging out with Ben, of course, Ben's kind of a a fitness freak. And uh, so while being with him, uh, I had to weigh the luggage uh, before we came back. And I stepped on the scale, and I realized maybe I should lose some weight. You know, I was like, maybe I I should drop about 25 pounds. And so my goal was to come back and, and start exercising and ask me how much have I exercised. You know, that's, that's typical of our, of our walk, isn't it? And I, uh, I started thinking, okay, well, what kind of walkers are there? There's, there's the step counters, right? Uh, you see these all day long, especially at my work. They're like, I'm at, I'm at 15,000 steps, you know, and it's only lunchtime. And you have the ones that are, like, focused on the how many steps they're getting in a day. And you have uh, those that are that have been starting this regiment of walking and exercising, and, and they're, they're motivated by the results that they're seeing, right? And so you got these people that are just getting it out on the road, and they're speed walking, and some of them, especially the, the ladies, I man, you'll see them, they've got weights in their hands. I saw one lady with cans of soup in her hands one time, and uh, she was serious about her walking, and... We also have uh, those that, you know, start out strong and then they get discouraged, right? I mean, how many of us have been there? We, we get started and then you don't see the results that you're really wanting and expecting and, and you kind of just start tapering off. Uh, and then there's the other group that I'd call the forced gump group, you know. This is the group that is uh, running and they might lose sight of why they're even running. And then, next thing you know, they've traveled cross-country three or four times, and they all of a sudden stop, and they realize they don't even know what they're running for anymore. So, what does your walk look like? You know, what does this look like for you? Um, and this, this topic, this is what, um, you know, God has just really made me wrestle with for the last, last several weeks. Um. In Ephesians 4, I'm going to read Ephesians 4, verse 1. Now Paul, at this point, Paul has, has been writing to the church in Ephesus, right? This church um, was in a town, uh, you can consider it almost like Las Vegas, uh, New Orleans. I mean, this was a port city. Uh, it was a, a very wicked place. And Paul has been writing to this, this church, and he says to them in chapters 1, 2, and 3, you know, this is what you, we have in Christ. This is who you are in Christ. And he's been leading them up in this letter, showing them who we are in Christ. And then to the last half, chapters 4, 5, and 6, he's really showing, now that I've told you that, this is how you live in the light of knowing who you are in Christ. So in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Worthy in a manner of which... Worthy of the calling to which you've been called. See, it's... it's when we think about the walk... Um, well, i say it like this. There was a, one of the sermon series I was listening to. It was, was passionate Chip Ingram. He's somebody I listen to a lot. And he was talking about the stages in life that a, that a Christian goes through. And he was comparing it to the stages of a butterfly. You know, the caterpillar phase. And then you have the phase of the chrysalis. And then you have uh, after the... Um, The cocoon opens up, and the butterfly crawls out, and now all of a sudden he has wings, and this has made this complete and total transformation, right? And he didn't start out as a butterfly. He started out as a caterpillar. Um, Well, that's how we are as Christians. And you have uh, the point of justification, right? That's whenever we uh, come to know and we've been called and we come to know who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us, and, and we, we, it's as if you have a spreadsheet and you have all the debt that you owe, right? And then you can take the, all the debt that you owe, and they take, God takes all that debt and then puts it onto a spreadsheet that's just titled Jesus. And in that moment, we are uh, declared righteous uh, when we put our faith and trust in Christ. But then you have the next phase, and I guess you could consider this phase as the chrysalis phase. This is is the sanctification phase, part of the, the Christian walk of growth. And the sanctification phase is the part that is a lifelong journey. It is not something that's overnight. It's not something that, you know, we just have to endure for a little while so that we can say we made it After a week's time, you know, this is this is the lifelong pursuit and growth and experiencing Christ that we uh, get to enjoy as Christians. And when I talked about to the youth about um, some of these things and and I was really kind of just picking their brains to for today They all said the same thing when I asked them, why does the walk become so difficult? You know, why is it that some of us are running and we don't even know why we're running anymore? Why is it that, you know, some of us are focused on our steps, you know, checking the box? Why is it that some of us are... Uh, Are truly seeing the results and motivated in the Spirit, you know, and through the Spirit and and our growth with Christ. And then some of us start out strong and then we get discouraged and we give up. And see, the question was asked to them, but that's really a question for all of us, isn't it? And that's not something that applies simply to a generation, that's something that applies to the whole church and how we get to, uh, we, we see this played out across the church, across the world. You know what they said, their number one reason why a lot of people don't, um, or they, they get discouraged? It's because of change. You know, it's because they're afraid of, of all of a sudden they go to school one day, and then you go, you, you, you know who you are in Christ. And the next day you come back and you're a different person. And a lot of them are afraid of that change. A lot of them uh, don't want people to uh, single them out. They don't want to be separated from the rest. But that's really what we're called to be, aren't we? We're called to be separated. We're called to be different. Set apart. That's why in in Romans uh, chapter 1, Paul starts out whenever he's introducing himself to this church in Rome. He says, Paul, and the first thing he identifies himself is a servant of Christ. Then he calls himself an apostle, and then he, he, he points out that he's set apart for the gospel of God. But the number one identity that he has for himself is that he is a servant of Christ. And that's what we're called to be. I know that when some of you heard a little bit of my testimony, I'm going to tell myself a little bit here. But uh, whenever I started my walk with Christ, uh, something that I I dealt with with being in the military was foul language. This was something that you didn't even realize you had a problem with, because why? Because everybody you surrounded yourself with had the same kind of vocabulary that you did. And whenever God started pricking my heart and started convicting me of these things, I really struggled because I thought I liked who I was. And I knew that if I went to work one day, then the people were going to went to work one day and all of a sudden I'm starting to make these changes. I knew exactly I could call out the names of the people that were going to say, okay, we see. Now, all of a sudden, you got some Jesus, and now you're, now you're a good guy, right? And believe it or not, that really uh, affected me in my walk, and in, in my encouragement. And I don't know what that looks like for you. You have, may have a completely different application or a different kind of struggle that you had in your own journey. So the guys, as we were talking about why do you fail, you know, and just bringing that up. Um, The one thing that I realized was that after about six or seven months, the changes had already been made, and I didn't even realize it. And and that's because it wasn't an overnight thing. It's still not an overnight thing. God is still working with me and working on me. Just like he's going to continue still working on you. But be encouraged by that and be motivated in that, knowing that God doesn't give up on you just because you get discouraged. You know, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2 says, uh, you know, we have, to, we have to make a decision. You know, Paul says that we're not to conform to the world, but we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And here it is, This transformation is something that we think that we're doing on our own. And that's where a lot of us fail. And when I realized that the reason why I didn't fail was because I simply realized I got out of the way. You know, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 13, it says, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You know, as we're walking, as we're running the race, it says in the first uh, verse of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, you know, to run the race that's been set before you uh, with endurance. And any runner that's running on any path is going to have to be aware of the obstacles, or they're going to become, they're going to be made aware of the obstacles in their way. And we have to, as Christians, be aware of the obstacles that are, are affecting our walk with Christ and to move them out of the way. Why? Because any runner that's going to run could twist their ankle, break a leg, fall off a cliff, right? And so we are to make straight the paths of which we're running. But it really did not come from us, as I already said. What I learned was that whenever I started seeing the changes, it was simply because I no longer thought about it, and the Spirit and God made the changes in me, and six, seven months later, I realized that they'd already been made because I was my biggest obstacle. Proverbs 3.6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. See, it's not the power that we have. We can't do anything. I mean, if, if I rely on myself, I'm going to fail every single time. If you rely on yourself and in your power, you're going to fail every time. But you rely on the strength and the power that comes from only Him. He will make straight your paths. He will help you to see the obstacles. Because, like I said, this growth, this walk that we're all on, is a lifelong journey. So, what's the purpose? I mean, it says that we're supposed to finish this race with endurance. I mean, what's the purpose of this? You know, you have to, you have to really ask yourself that question. What, what are you doing this for? Why are you showing up to be with the church? You know, are you only giving God the one hour a week, and that's all that you're giving God on Sunday morning? What's the purpose of your walk? What is the purpose of, of you desiring to grow closer to God. And that's simply to experience Him. And why does God do anything? It's for His glory. Isaiah 43.7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, for my glory, whom I formed and made, says that God created us for his glory and in context with the other verses it can be said that man glorifies God because through man God's glory can be seen in things such as love music art heroism the things that don't come from us but they are just gifts and blessings from God and abilities that he's given us These such things are are belonging to God and that we carry them in these jars of clay, these meager vessels, right? Vessels containing his glory. All the things that we're able to do and all the things we're able to be find their source in him and him alone. Ephesians chapter 5. And I know I'm going all over the place. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, the very last part, it says, Walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. Whenever I think about uh, light, I think about, well okay, I'm not gonna say it like y'all say it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back natural me and say light. Uh but whenever I think of white light, you get two of them, we are uh I, I think of, you know, the effects that we see from a prism. Right? And on, on days that the sun is shining just right, you can actually see it come through the window. You can look over at one of the walls or on the floor, and you can see how the light coming through the window is 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 showing different color. It's not simply because they're stained glass. We'll ignore that. But it is the effect that happens through a prism. And you have this, this one source of light. And this prism, what it does is, it, is the light, the characteristics of the, the wave frequencies, I'm going to get real nerdy with y'all for just a second. All right? Uh, the characteristics of the wave frequencies of the white light bend through the prism differently at varying angles and varying degrees. And so the wavelengths of the different colors are being separated and are bending at different points, and that's why you see the colors of the rainbow from this prism. And when I think of God's glory coming through us and being revealed by us, that's what I think of. You know, it can, you can simply think of this little cube, triangular-shaped uh, glass, crystal, and think of how am I being a prism? How is God's glory being revealed through me? And it may look different for each and every one of you. But the ultimate motivation for our walks in Christ is to grow in Christ and our relationship with Christ so that we can live for eternity in God's glory. And that through that walk, through that process of sanctification, we are able to glorify God with our lives. So you have here this this prism I challenge all of you to be the prisms, right? It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. What I found out was that um, it's a daily struggle. You know what? One thing that I found out was that um, when I started looking into what happens if you remove a butterfly from a cocoon, right? Here you see, I started reading up on these these people that actually, uh, I guess you raised Butterflies? I don't really know what that term is, but here it is. They are um, hatching butterflies, and they all experienced the same feeling in the very beginning. They saw this butterfly really struggling to get out of this cocoon. And so they thought they'd help it out, and they would tear open or cut open the cocoon just a little bit to be able to help the, the butterfly come out. And they all said the same thing. Within a matter of uh, of minutes or hours, one or two things either happened. The butterfly died, or it lived the rest of its life just being this swollen, caterpillar-looking thing. The reason why is because when you remove, that looked like wings. and The reason why is because when you remove the struggle out of the cocoon, The butterfly, the struggle is what creates its ability to become the butterfly. It actually pushes all of the nutrients and the insides that need to go where they need to go into the wings. It forces things to develop as it's struggling out of the cocoon. And so, whenever you remove the butterfly from the struggle, you remove the struggle from the butterfly, you don't get a butterfly. So don't be discouraged in your struggle, but understand that that God is using those times to grow you, for you to see Him through it all, and for you to see that your faith can be put in nothing else besides Him. A quote I wanted to uh, end with was um, one from... A book called Desiring God from uh, John Piper. And he wrote about all this extensively. And what he says is something uh, that has really stuck with me. And he says this God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this weekend, uh, God, just where you have, you have shown yourself, you've revealed yourself in, in mighty ways through the love and generosity of brothers and sisters that come together in, in your church to foster these uh, young men and women, the growth that we get to see that's encouraged and led by the leaders, the food that, that you provided for us at the hands of of brothers and sisters. God, I pray that we will um, remember that you've called us to more than just an hour a day with you. You've called us to a walk that is lifelong. You've called us to spend the time with you and to experience you God, we, we all fall down, but just like a father who is uh, encouraging his toddler to walk, we know that the times we fall down are just opportunities to get back up. Lord, I pray that we will just be encouraged daily through the Spirit, that your presence will be with us within this church that we will foster a, a discipling church mentality so that we don't think of the walk down the aisle as the finish line, but simply as the beginning point to the walk that we've been called to. Lord, I pray that as we go this week, we truly are the prisms being used by you to show your glory, reveal your glory, as we are becoming the images of Christ who revealed your glory for all to see. Listen in your name we pray. Amen.